Welcome to Mapping Healthy Minds. Mapping Healthy Minds is a podcast about how mental health intersects with life. Each episode provides direction for listeners to take steps towards a healthier mind. I'm your host and licensed marriage and family therapist, Justin Lewis. Today's episode is going to focus on how one would deal with stress. I'm going to talk just briefly about a couple of types of stress, but focus primarily on what to do when one experiences stress. Most episodes include me talking with someone else, uh, interviewing them oftentimes, or us having a discussion about a topic. But today, I'm going to hog the microphone uh, and not invite anybody else to join me. I'm going to talk about stress management on my own. It's a topic that I uh, cover a lot with both clients, but it's a topic that I also speak on and do presentations on. So I uh, feel the need to um, do this by myself today. Before I get into more uh, in dealing with stress management, I want to let you know that Mapping Healthy Minds is brought to you by Compass Counseling. At Compass, we provide mental health services for people of all ages. We um, here have people who specialize with uh, different things such as children, adolescents. We have people who specialize in trauma. I specialize in doing work with couples. So we have people who are here willing to serve you in whatever way that you might need. We do telehealth, so if you live inside the state of Kentucky, then we can provide services for you. And if you like to see people face-to-face, we're located in Paducah, Owensboro, and Henderson, Kentucky. If you want to learn more about Compass or to make an appointment, then you can check us out on the World Wide Web at compasscounseling.com. Calm. So now I want to spend some time talking about what stress is. Stress basically is a, a reaction that occurs whenever we feel threatened of some sort. Stress most often creates some sort of physical response. There are some sort of outside change, some sort of event that provides kind of some perceived danger. There are a couple of primary types of stress. Acute stress would be stress that happens immediately before or after an event. So acute stress would be something um, that would occur whenever maybe we're taking some sort of test. Thankfully, I haven't had to take a lot of tests uh, here in the last several years. But back in those days, and we can all, I think, imagine what that was like to take a test no matter where we're at in our life at this point, but that acute stress uh, that happens right as it is happening right before, uh, during, and possibly a little bit as we were finishing up would be considered acute stress. And then there's chronic stress, and chronic stress is something that interferes with our ability to live a normal life, and it lasts for a more extended period of time. So it's not just that right in the moment kind of stress, but it is something that will go on for days, weeks, months. So it's, it's that thing that really piles on us. That would be what we're thinking about when we say chronic stress. 
So stress, as most people know, happens to us most frequently when we have high demands on us. Many things are being expected of us. Whenever we have a situation in front of us where we have little control over what's going on, we have few choices of what might happen, then we may experience stress. If we're in a situation and we don't feel like we're capable, we don't feel like we're equipped to do what we need to do, then stress happens in those moments as well. Kind of going back to the test example, if we're sitting in a test and we haven't studied, we're more likely to experience stress than if we're prepared or we feel equipped for the task in front of us. We oftentimes are going to be in a situation where stress hits us if we are doing something in which we may be judged by others. So a performance of some sort is going to bring on stress or a major project, uh, maybe a presentation, as as an example that I use often whenever I'm doing a public speech on this topic. It's a little less stressful speaking on this uh, behind a microphone inside my office. I can always just push the edit button if I need to, but whenever I'm in front of people, there's a lot more stress that occurs on this type of subject because I'm in a position where somebody could uh, see me mess up. Another area where stress happens a lot is where consequences for failure are steep or that they may be unpredictable. So you don't know what might happen if you fail. So again, going back to that example of presenting in front of people, If my job depended on a presentation, that's going to be pretty stressful. Or if I don't know exactly what's going to happen if I don't do the task correctly, there's going to be some stress involved with that. So stress negatively affects not only our mental health, which is what this podcast focuses on, obviously. uh, It also impacts negatively one's physical health, which is important to note, uh, even though our podcast doesn't. Uh, focus on physical health, both of those things uh, are intertwined. And so physically, we experience things like headaches. Uh, We may have some digestive issues. We may have muscle tension, fatigue. Those sort of things go along with the physical effects of stress, which may come to compound the problem if we're experiencing that sort of symptoms. As far as mental health is concerned, there are some increases in chances for anxiety and depression later in life for uh, those who are regularly experiencing stress. Stress actually does something to our brain. So the science has seen that our brain changes and is shaped based on things that happen to us. And part of that change that can happen if we're stressed is that it actually makes our brain so that we have a worse memory. Our memory capacity is decreased. And I don't know about you, but as a listener, but me, I need all the memory capacity that I can get. So figuring out how to take care of this stress is going to be really valuable for me. Stress also negatively affects relationships. Research has shown that we notice behaviors about other people that bother us more and are less likely to be able to refrain from reacting to them when we're stressed. 
So although I am a licensed marriage and family therapist with uh, specific training in couples work, it does not take a professional to understand that when somebody is stressed in a relationship, the fact that they're noticing problems more often and less likely to keep from saying something about them creates some pretty serious relationship problems. So that's a bad combination that we want to try to stay away from. Stress also makes us more irritable, harder to get along with. Again, those are more things that it doesn't take a professional to understand are going to be pretty bad for a relationship and really in turn could create even more stress. So for all those reasons, if in case you needed to be convinced of uh, the importance of managing your stress, hopefully you are now convinced. I'm going to uh, talk to you now about ways that we can cope with stress. So uh, I've got several here that I'll talk about. Even one way that we can use stress for good. So that's always nice when we can turn a bad thing into a good thing. So we'll we'll go to that at one point as well. So the, number one thing that I wanted to, to mention today as we talk about stress management and how to handle stress is to be able to recognize the things that are within your control. So we're really in a position of not thinking clearly if we're spending a lot of time and energy on things that we cannot control. So the thing to do when we were, whenever we encounter stressful situations uh, is to stop, sort out, and think about what you can and the things that you cannot control. So when I'm working with people about stress, I sometimes use this analogy and it's kind of like creating a filter in our head. If you can think about creating a filter or a screen, letting the things you can control go through the screen so that you can do something with that. And having the screen or the filter catch the things that we cannot control. This requires us to kind of stop, assess the situation and identify, am I putting a lot of energy into something that I cannot control? And if I am, that's just going to make it even harder for me to function. Uh, it's going to limit my abilities because I'm wasting energy. Compound that stressful situation that I'm in. So really it helps us to focus our time on the things that we can control, which leads me to number two. Being able to manage our time uh, is a way to keep us in a position of letting go of that stress and not having it in front of us. So time management. It's really important to find the time to do the things that you need to do and that you want to do. It helps us decide which things are important, which things are urgent, what things can wait. So, you know, we're in this position now where we can easily find a way to burn time. I mean, I understand there's nothing new under the sun. There's always been things that exist out there to waste our time. But really, it sure seems like we are finding more and more ways to just take our time and set it on fire with social media at our fingertips, people being able to reach us anytime that they kind of want to. Uh, we have notifications everywhere. We've got watches now. You know, we've got people telling us what we've got going on or uh, we've got notifications. So anyways, the point is we've got all these things in front of us where we can waste time and being able to manage it appropriately can be a challenge. You know, a lot of times we hear 
people say or we find ourselves saying stuff like, you know, there's really just not enough time in the day for me to do what I need to do. But I think if we prioritize our activities and think about the way that we really are using our time and structuring that, we can find that we have the time that we need in order to get things done. So paying attention to ways to manage your time, whether that's writing a list of things that you need to do and looking at what are the most important parts of that and then putting the less important parts down below it. Those are ways that you can kind of figure out how to manage your time. But knowing that you have the time that you need to do things eliminates that stress from building up. Number three is looking at the way that you live your life. So the choices that we make can affect our stress level. A few of these examples would be being able to find a balance between your personal work and family needs. So this is a particularly difficult one for people to figure out. It's sort of like time management in that way. But if we're able to prioritize our personal work, family, and hobbies, we're going to be able to let go of some of that stress. It can be particularly difficult in times such as holidays, you know, doing uh, some sort of talk on holiday stress can probably be its own sort of topic, but being able to organize and balance what we need to get done between work, home, hobbies is real important. Getting enough sleep can be one way to recover from stress. If we're able to have kind of a standard bedtime, standard time that we get up, that sort of rhythm, then it helps us keep have a keep having a some structure in our life again kind of goes back to that what can we control there are certain things in our life that we are able to control and many times uh, we can control when we go to bed when we uh, when our normal wake up time is obviously there are seasons of our life where it's harder to make that a, a rhythm than others but for some of us we can find that rhythm and that consistency in knowing when you're going to go to bed roughly and um, when you're going to get up in the morning. Watching what we eat, not smoking, limiting alcohol intake, staying physically healthy are all things that are life choices that we can do to minimize stress in our life. Possibly one of the uh, less used strategies for improving one's mental health is simply finding time to exercise. Uh, this has been proven. This is, there's research here. Uh, anecdotally, whenever I am able to finally convince people to make time for exercise, it just reduces their stress. There's the physiological kind of uh, impact here where endorphins and all that kind of stuff's going on. There's the uh, angle of, hey, this is something I'm going to choose to do. I'm going to get out and I'm going to be in control of how I use my body, how I uh, use this time that's valuable. Personally, I am a person who enjoys riding their bike. So when I'm out exercising, I'm getting the value of burning the calories. I'm getting the value of the endorphins and all these sort of things. But I'm also getting the value of being able to enjoy nature. I'm getting the opportunity to have some time where I can go kind of wherever I want to go, however fast I want to go, 
if I'm riding by myself. And there's a lot of just relaxing and time to stop and think about what is going on. Kind of use that as a meditative time. Exercise can serve that way too. We can put our mindset into really reflecting on what we're doing, how we're living our life, the direction that we're taking things. And so there's, there's a lot of value in exercise for that. Life is not meant for us to live alone. So finding support from family, friends, people in the community, it has a big impact on how we experience stress. Uh, having support in our lives can really help us stay mentally healthy. When I say support, I'm talking about having the trust of other people, uh, being able to trust other people, having having an opportunity to show and receive love from, you know, it could be significant others, but it could also be other family members. It could be friends and being able to um, have people in our life that we can take advice from that we know care about our well-being. Developing those relationships and that support can have a huge, huge impact on our mindset, our mentality, the way that we approach life, uh, knowing that we're going to be able to get some advice and be able to get some support from other people is huge. Obviously, I would be remiss if I did not talk about how therapy can help somebody through this phase of life. You know, therapy can be uh, something that people use, we use, I use in times when uh, there's something really challenging going on. But therapy can also be used as a, a way to have somebody help you identify some guideposts in your life and, and give you some chances to really just talk out loud, think out loud, get some basic direction. And so uh, therapists can really help in this area of our life. We can um, get, get this from coworkers, other people that we may know through common interests. Those are ways to develop these relationships. Religious organizations, our church, people... Um, such as uh, the pastor, preachers, those sort of individuals can help give us that support. And then support groups are out there as well for people who may need that sort of care. So it's real important to have human interaction and know that there are people in your life that care when stuff goes bad. That's the bottom line, I think, is for us to always be thinking about developing relationships that are going to be there for us when stuff goes bad and people that we can share good news with as well. It's real valuable to have that in our life. So whenever those stressful moments arise, we know that we've got that safety net. We've got some stability in our life and we've got people that we can share life with. And as, as I'm talking right now, I'm certain that someone is coming to mind for each of you who are listening because that is the way it works. You know, we, we start talking about people in our life and it just arises. And so that's the same strength to draw from whenever we're experiencing something that is challenging is, you know, these are the people in my life. These are my folks that I can share with. So having that part of your life where you can get support in times of stress is real important. So develop those relationships. 
as a therapist who likes to approach from the perspective of cognitive behavioral therapy, going into a place of thinking positively is an area that I want to cover, of course. So stressful events that occur can can really make us feel bad about ourselves. We can think that the world is crumbling around. We can think that we're never going to recover. Or we can think that we're bad people in general. So we, that is the negative thinking that can wear down on us. We may start to feel an unhealthy amount of fear, insecurity, depression, anxiety. It can cause us to feel a lack of self-control or self-worth. Negative thinking can, can trigger a stress response and um, as much as any sort of real threat can. Again, I think working with a therapist can be real helpful in this. And the reason for that is because therapists can provide an outside point of view. They can help provide that uh, objective spot where we're down in ourselves. We get into this mindset that can take us into all sorts of different crazy directions. But an outsider, a third party can, can help us see what is really going on. And teach us how to use these skills, cognitive behavioral skills, for our uh, benefit. And one technique that might be used is called thought stopping. And so it is something that we try to put a period on our thoughts and think, is this rational? Am I taking all the information into consideration? That sort of thought process is going to provide an opportunity for us. Something more uh, tangible as a way to help us if we're feeling a lot of stress is to declutter. So not only declutter uh, our mental state, as I was just describing, but decluttering literally stuff around the house. We can get a, we can get rid of a lot of stuff that we have if we put our mind in that position. There's a lot of uh, resources out there now about being a minimalist, simplifying your life, deciding is this an object that I need. I think there's probably documentaries out there. There's definitely a whole market where people say, hey, here's how you can simplify your life. So there is value in it. And I would recommend that we find a way to sort through the mess that we have, keep a more tidy existence. It really does a lot for our mental health to be able to be smooth and clear with a a tidy desk. I have found that personally to be the case here lately. I'm trying to keep a more tidy desk as I leave the office every day. It's nice to mostly see what my desk looks like. There have been times in my career where it's just completely covered with papers, completely covered with I don't know what, but having a clear desk provides a a real sense of peace for me, and I think it can help de-stress us. Having a sense of purpose is really valuable in trying to combat combat ongoing stress in our life. Uh, Knowing that we have strong connections with people, as I was saying before, but also having some sort of project Um, or hobby we can pour ourselves into and get a sense of accomplishment out of that. Um, It's a way for us to use our skills, talents, and and see the value value in what we can offer. It's always good whenever we can do this in a way that helps other people. So I mentioned at the beginning uh, that we can use stress uh, for our benefit, actually, Research has been done not too long ago about 
uh, the way that someone views stress as being uh, a way that uh, determines how it impacts them physically. So if someone views stress as a way to, to give them that boost or motivation to perform, then they're more likely to use that to their advantage. If someone views stress as a debilitator or they view it as a way where this is going to hurt me, it does. It creates uh, physical negative consequences where people actually end up passing away sooner than those who see stress as a way to give them a boost. So, you know, an example of that is uh, going back to using the presentation uh, as uh, an example where, you know, I could stress about doing a presentation like this and uh, let it handcuff me, or I can use the kind of natural stress anxiety and the not wanting to look like a failure as a way to motivate me to prepare myself so that whenever I am prepared for a task, I'm much more likely to find the success. So having that uh, as a motivator versus a um, debilitator is all about how we view things. So those are some ways that I think are helpful to deal with stress. Hopefully this podcast episode about stress uh, is one that can benefit you. I appreciate you listening to this episode of Mapping Healthy Minds. Uh, On the show, we look at how mental health intersects with real life. Mapping Healthy Minds uh, can be found on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you like the show, please give us a nice review and tell a friend. uh, Pass along the word. Uh, We really appreciate when people share our posts, uh, tell their friends about us, Uh, It just means a lot that we're able to pass this word along to so many people. So thank you for that. The show is brought to you by Compass Counseling and uh, produced and hosted by me, Justin Lewis.